A lot of my guests have one particular thing in common. They didn't seek out our profession. Today's guest can thank a persistent recruiter and a hiring manager who saw something in her that she didn't see in herself. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 61 as the Resilience Think Tank presents the Resilient Journey podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and today I'm joined by someone who relies heavily on networking to build a village of people to support those around her. Nicole Scott is my guest. Listen as Nicole and I talk about how her background as a military spouse prepared her for being a successful business continuity professional. We'll talk about her career coaching, networking, and a project that is near and dear to her heart. Nicole lives by the motto, adapt and overcome, and we'll explore what that means. You could even say this episode is divine, and we'll find out why in just a second. Hello, I'm Lisa Jones, co-founder of the Resilience Think Tank. In 2021, six professionals with a passion for resiliency came together to find ways to use our industry experience to provide a place where business continuity professionals could share their insight, seek help with their programs, and promote overall growth in our profession. On that day, the Resilience Think Tank was born. It's our one-year anniversary, and we are delighted by your support and encouraging feedback. We hope you will join our journey by becoming a part of the community. Follow Resilience Think Tank on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube as we celebrate this milestone. Also check out ResilienceThinkTank.com to discover great insights shared by our Resilience Think Tank community. Thank you for your support, and stay tuned as we continue to be an ally for risk and resilient professionals and champions for the teams of one. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. It's exciting to have you here. Uh, let's start off by just having you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, Mark, again, thank you so much for inviting me to join your podcast. I, like I told you, I'm trying not to fan out right now. I've been a follower of yours and Lisa uh, with this, this wonderful um, platform that you guys set up. So I listened to all of them. I learned from you guys. So it was an honor when you asked me to join this. Um, so again, thank you for inviting me to it. Um, as far as telling you about myself, you know, I, that's always a loaded question for me because yeah. I never know what people want to know or what they know or how much detail you go into. Um, I, I, you know, some people talk about the profession, some people talk about the personal. So I think I'll do both. Right. So for yeah. um, personal, I am a wife of 25 years now. Um, my husband was in the U.S. Air Force, just retired uh, this year. So 23 years in, we've been together since college. And uh, he right out of college, he decided to go into the military. And that started our military life. So military spouse for about 24 years, uh, mother of two young adults. Um, that's fun. They're 21 and 22. One just graduated with his master's degree in engineering, robotics engineering, um, currently working at NASA. So that's cool. Wow. And then my daughter's in her last year of college, also business management. So we're, we're kind of uh, winding that down. So that's Nicole on a personal level. Um, professionally, I have been in, I guess you could say program project management for probably over 15 years now. Um, kind of got into that career field by happenstance. Seems like everything is always kind of, yeah, somebody's see something in you that you may not see yourself. 
Right. Um, and it was just a natural fit for me. So I've kind of been in that career field for almost 20 years now that now that I think about it. Um, program management, risk management. I have so many follow-ups to that. And it was just the <laughs> intro. And I normally don't have follow-ups to that. But let me say this, because I know everyone has said this about your husband. But let me say it to you. Nicole, thank you for your service. Because it takes effort, doesn't it, to be a military spouse? Yes, it does. It does. Um, thank you so much for for acknowledging that. And, you know, it was my pleasure. Um, it wasn't something that we planned. He kind of went in, you know, into the military thinking it was going to be a couple of years type of thing. And it ended up being 23 years. Um, but yes, it was definitely an experience. Um, I would not trade it for the world. It was we had a great time. Uh, even when he was like, I think it's time to get off the ride last year when he was thinking about retirement, he says, I think, I, I think it might be time for us to get off the ride. And I just said, okay, whenever you're ready. And we kind of sat and th- talked through what that looks like. So yeah, it was definitely yeah. a partnership. So I do appreciate you also, um, saying that and, and, uh, yeah, it was great. And, and it wasn't missed on me that your oldest is 22 with a master's degree and works for NASA. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you overachieve much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they both of my kids, uh, we started them early in school, um, a year early. So uh they graduated from high school where they were both 17. Um, my son probably I would say was always kind of analytical engineer, likes to put things together. He's always thinking up stuff. So when he said he wanted to be an engineer, we were like, okay, great. Go forth and prosper kid. Um, yeah. But yeah, he went to Arizona state um, in their honors program, did like their four plus one program. So he finished with his master's in five years. And in that time, um, someone in my network knew a couple of engineers um, had some relatives who were engineers. So they, I tried to set up some mentoring conversations for him. So he would know what kind of lifestyle he was going to start getting into. Right. And, Turned out that person worked for NASA and was like, I got something better than a mentoring. You know, how about an internship? And uh, he did an internship for two years, two summers with them. And that turned into a full-time job this past summer. So he's now an engineer at NASA. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce right there is to build a relationship and then build on the relationship to turn it into the next thing. And I love that. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that because a lot of people will ask me from a consulting standpoint, how do you do it? How do you keep busy? And and that's exactly it right there. Yes. Yes. Um, I wish they taught something like networking in school because that is a lost art. Finding that network of people is always, um, it's it's a blessing when you can find it, you know, but it's not always easy to do. So it's, it's definitely something we need to teach more. So you were talking about your background and and you mentioned a whole bunch of different things there, but it's also got some business continuity into it too, for what the last three, three and a half years or so. How did you get into, into our world? (laughs) I'm going to say freak accident. (laughs) Right. Just like so many others. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was definitely not planned. Um, I literally just answered a phone call. Um, I was at work. In DC, like I said, I was a government contractor. And my last uh, couple of years in that, I was with the Department of Veteran Affairs. And I literally was walking into their office and 
Washington, D.C. into a meeting with our senior people. And my phone just kept ringing and whoever it was just kept calling, kept calling, kept. And I'm like, who is this calling me? So I didn't want the phone to be going off during this very important meeting. And so I, you know, I was on the sidewalk in the middle of D.C. and I answered the phone, not with a very nice voice. I was like, hello. Who is this? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is it? And it was this recruiter. He was like, yes, finally, I got you. And I'm like, who is this and what do you want? And um, right. he said, I'm a recruiter. I'm looking for a business continuity specialist. It's a 12-month contract. And I think based on your resume, you'd be great. And I said, I don't even know what business continuity is. He said, can I just put you in contact with the hiring manager? They can tell you all about the job, all about the requirements, and you can go from there. And um, met with that manager. I told, I was very honest with her and told her, don't know what business continuity is, never heard of it, never done it before. I'm not sure that I'd be a good fit for you um, for this role. And she basically said she was a military child. And based on my experience and me being a military spouse, she said, your life is crisis management. I know you would be good for this job. She says, my mom was a military spouse and I watched her handle everything that she had to handle whenever my dad was not around. And she said, I think based on your background with that, and of course your program management background, she said, I think you'd be good for this. So she kind of took a leap of faith. So. And the rest is history or you're making history as you go. I was looking at your profile and you got a lot of stuff in your arsenal here. You got Six Sigma project management, you're certified now in business continuity. You got strategic change management, program management, all of those things. And then, as you've mentioned now a couple of times, this military spouse background, which I wouldn't have even necessarily thought of as being something that would lend itself to being any good at resilience. But how does all of that translate into being effective when it comes to resilience and business continuity? So yeah, like you say, I have a lot in my in my tool belt, right? And mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't like a plan to ever get into something like resiliency and business continuity. But right. the way I look at it now and how it does work for me specifically, um, I I see resiliency and change management kind of go hand in hand, you know. Um, one of our family models, I'm I'm kind of cheesy like that. So I always used to have little models that I made my kids repeat to me all the time. Um, when they were younger. So one of our family models is adapt and overcome, you know, change is going to always happen. So what do you do? You don't wallow in the change, you know, you just recognize the change when it happens and you adapt to whatever you need to adapt to and you overcome and move on. So that military life and background, you know, we had a lot of change in in that we moved every two years. Um, Mm. Being an officer, family, they move you every two to three years. So that's a lot of change for for a young family. Um, And because of that, also, there's a lot of resiliency. You know, imagine being the the new kid every two years in school. Imagine having to find a new house every two years, um, having to find a new job every two years, because this was before remote work was even a thing. So every two years, I had to reinvent myself, I guess you could say. So that that required me to be innovative and adaptable, um, and and I had to do what I needed to do to prepare for my career. Um, and again, with this like Six Sigma, you know, that's all about efficiencies, right? Trying to find the most efficient way to handle things. How do you adapt in any environment? 
um, in the most efficient way. So, so you can still get stuff done, right? Get the mission done. So that's where the Six Sigma comes in. Same thing with a crisis, right? A crisis means something has happened that changed from your norm. So how do you keep getting stuff done? How do you make sure the business still operates in the most efficient way? Because a lot of times with these crises, we don't have all of our normal resources available to us. So we have to kind of think through that. And then, of course, with the PMP, you know, um, that hat is just kind of automatically stays on. <laughs> it comes in handy just because I have to manage, you know, a global business continuity program. And that's like, I think I'm up to 36 departments globally, you know, limitless critical processes. And then, you know, over six countries because we're kind of merging some stuff together now. So just, you know, that's a, that's a huge programming and huge overhaul. So that's where my PMP skills definitely come in a lot. You know, um, I've heard so many horror stories about large companies that have tried to do enterprise-wide BIAs and they have so many people to interview and it's supposed to take eight weeks or whatever. And it takes 10, 12, 14 months yeah. because they don't have that project management approach to it. And I, I bet you've never had that happen. So no, I literally handle each, and this sounds crazy saying it out loud now that I think of it. Um, I handle each department as its own individual project. Mm-hmm. And no, so there's nothing I, wrong with that. I, I, I try to do that, although I'm probably not as good of a, of a project manager as you are, but what's your biggest challenge as you navigate through this part of your career? I don't know. I would say it's a personal challenge just because of how I tick, you know, um, I want it to be six months from now. I want to know everything and understand everything. Yeah. So I find myself kind of going too fast, you know, or trying to go too fast and having to slow myself down and bring myself back. Um, and that's a good way to get burnout too. So I have to kind of manage it as, you know, take it one step at a time. Like I said, I do my, my project management um, skills, you know, so everything's a project. I set up a schedule up front. Who do I need to speak with? What am I needing from them? What's the time frame on getting this? So keeping myself strategically balanced as much as possible. Um, it, it helps me kind of the control freak side of me. It helps me know that I documented everything I need to document. Um, and I've covered everything I need to cover to make sure we have a good B, you know, BCP set up for that department. So I would say that I, another challenge would be, you know, um, with COVID happening, like it did, yeah. everybody wants everything right now. You know, luckily I came on, on board, um, about a year before COVID hit. So we had our program set up pretty stable uh, by the time. And we, and we had run an exercise. I had run an exercise before COVID happened. So people were very familiar with what was going to be needed of them during a crisis. They knew where to go, where their BCPs were. And hey, if Nicole call, answer the phone, because this is what she's going to be asking. Um, but in that too, COVID also made our, our careers, our, our uh, business kind of popular, right? Business continuity is now a very token word, right? Crisis management, everybody wants to know about it, you know, and then they want the results right now. Um, so just also that would be, it. I won't say a challenge, but that's something that I have to kind of manage expectations. Um, you talked early on about networking. So let me ask you this, and this wasn't something that I had planned on asking you. So thanks for being flexible. Um, 
we talked about networking. What do people like me, us old timers, people who have been in the industry for a long time, not do enough to help people with your level of experience or those who are newer into the industry? What can we do better? I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. I feel like um, since I started in this in this discipline, I have gotten just open arms and everybody who's been in it willing to share their experience, guide. And if they don't know the answer, they point you to someone else, you know, so the connections and the networking has been nonstop since I started. Um, honestly, I started, like I said, I started with no experience. So one of the things my hiring manager wanted me to do was go to training. And so I went to a BCI training and uh, one of your previous guests uh, was the teacher, was my instructor. Um, and he taught great that whole week I learned. And then at the end, you know, you could take the exam if you wanted to. I chose to take it. Um, I passed, thank goodness. But that connection in that class with that instructor, um, he opened up his network for me. And sure. that's how I got my business continuity software tool. That's how I got some other mentors. Um, that's how I kind of got linked to you guys. So I think that networking piece so far is so good has worked um, for me in my career. Uh, and even during COVID, there were a lot of forums, especially on LinkedIn. People were right. starting these breakfast uh, coffee chats and all of this stuff. So I would join those and then I would provide guidance, you know, based on my experiences. Um, so I think our, I feel like our community is very well connected uh, if you want it to be. You know, I think um, you just kind of have to take the initiative, but that's on the individual, not on us within the network. All right, so let's shift gears and talk about a couple of organizations that you founded, uh, again, you know, with the overachieving here. So let's start with one called Up For You, and you've been doing this since 2017. Tell us what that's all about. Okay, so again, I can't take credit for the overachieving. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> stuff comes out of personal experience, and Up For You LLC is one of those things. So this actually started because it started when my son graduated from high school. That's literally how this got started. He was getting ready to graduate from high school, and he came home with a laundry list of universities that he wanted to apply to. And as you know, universities charge application fees. Some of them require essays. Some of them have deadlines. It became a family affair to get all these applications done for him to apply to. Um, it was all hands on deck with the family. So we were reviewing his essays uh, as he wrote them. We were, you know, helping him fill out the college applications to make sure we meet the deadlines, figuring out what, you know, what he needed to send in, whether it was an essay or a portfolio or whatever it was. It was just, it was kind of crazy because it changed a lot from the time that my husband and I were in college. Um, applying for college had changed and what was being required. So even though my husband and I had, you know, both had college degrees, we still didn't know everything anymore. You know, it had been 20 years. So right. we were reaching out to our family and friends to say, hey, do you have experience with doing this? Hey, you know, our son wants to do this. Is that so we started to kind of cultivate this village of people that was helping us get through this college application process with our son. Um, and once it was all said and done, and he had probably, I think about six applications or he had been accepted to six universities. I sat back and thought about that whole process that we had just sat through. And I told my husband, we're two college educated people. And it was difficult for us 
to right. help our son with this. So if it was difficult for us, I'm sure it's difficult for other families. Sure. And I want to start sharing this experience and our village with other people. And that's how Up For You started. So we started having these virtual conferences that I put on and I bring my network of village that helps us um, in and they each speak about different parts of the college or just life after high school period, because that's the other thing we talk about is that, you know, going to college is not for everybody. And if it's not for you, don't waste your money because it costs a lot of money. So I bring in people from the military. I bring in people from technical uh, careers that own their own businesses. I bring in psychologists. I bring in financial experts. I bring in all these people that are my friends and in my network. And we put on these high school conferences with high school students and their parents to kind of get kids ready for a life after high school. So that's up for you. So that's what we do. And then because apparently you don't like spare time at all, (laughs) you've also created a a group called Divine Direction. So what's that all about? It's an interesting spelling on divine too. (laughs) So the history behind that, um, divine is actually my mother's maiden name. So it's our family name and it's spelled D-E-V-I-N-E. And Divine Direction probably started back in 2000 as an idea in my head back in like 2004. Um, And again, personal experience. So what Divine Direction is about is helping people build and transition in their careers or their businesses. And how did I get into that? I'm a military spouse that had to move every two years. Mm -hmm. Every two years, I had to transition and I had to reinvent myself to get ready to go apply for new jobs, you know? So I had to be very strategic about my career, very um, detailed about what I wanted to do in our next move. It's almost like as soon as I started at a new job, I was already thinking about the next job because I knew it was going to be coming within 18 months. So basically, that's how that's what I do with Divine Direction. It's a boutique um, career strategy and business strategy organization where I meet one on one with my clients and we talk about what their goals are, what they're trying to do. Um, And I help them come up with very clear, concise strategies. I do coaching. I do resume building, but that's kind of how it started with helping people with their resumes. But it turned into helping people build these careers that they're trying to do. So it's proactive career resilience for people, (laughs) isn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's funny how all of this is so tied together. That is a very good. I've never thought about it like that. But yeah. Yeah, it is very strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah. And what you a lot of the military people that I've encountered over the years, um, especially the ones when they get ready to retire, that transition from military life to civilian life is uh, very difficult for some. And and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of unknowns because a lot of these people have been, you know, military for over 20 years. That's all they know. And most of them started, you know, when they were 17, 18. So just kind of getting them to understand what you did in the military can match out here in the civilian world. Um, And and that's the kind of counseling and coaching that I do with them to kind of get them. I mean, physically, yes, I can help you draft a resume. We can do that in five minutes. But mentally, I don't want them to be anxious or nervous about that transition um, because it is very similar. And anything that happens, you're prepared for, you know, so we kind of go through those type of coaching and exercises and things to kind of get them ready. Sometimes it's even, it's even, you know, they don't even know what to wear because they've been wearing a uniform for 20 years, you know, how do you dress, you know, and I'm like, you put on what's comfortable, 
You don't, you know, don't dress in a stuffy suit if you're not comfortable. You'll start sweating bullets during your interview and then people will think you're crazy. So you just got to do what's comfortable and it's okay. You know, it's going to be okay. The transition is more similar than not. So, And the phrase adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. Yeah. Applies to that too. And let's tie all of this together because it's fascinating to me how your background as a military spouse, your work in program management, now resilience, and then the the two other programs that you started up for you in divine uh, direction, how all of this ties together. So with kind of all of that as the backdrop, what advice would you give to someone who finds themselves suddenly thrust, like you were, suddenly thrust into business continuity? And what do you think they need to do in order to be successful? Oh, wow. Um, I would just say first is breathe. You know, a lot of times we get so anxious and nervous about a new opportunity or something different than what we're comfortable with. So I, I would just say just breathe. It's, it's, it's not as unusual as you think it is. The other thing, as any new discipline that you're learning, new skill you're learning, you know, try to get some type of formal training, go to conferences, learn about your discipline, find your network, find your people, right? Like we did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then build and lean in on that network because some of the stories that I've heard from some of our peers, you know, that's not written down in books. So you learn, you know, I'm, I'm from a small town in South Georgia and you, I, I believe in learning from my my elders, you know, so you learn by sitting at people's feet and listening to their experiences, you know, some of that stuff, again, it can't be taught in in school. So, you know, figure out your build and lean in on your network and learn from them. And then of course, you know, do formal training. And, and again, don't think something like business continuity or crisis management is stressful. Um, It, it can be, it has a stressful moments, but if you look at life, just life, it's, you deal with crises all the time. Everybody right. does. It. You have right. children, you know, when little Joey forgets his school project and you got to leave work to go back to school. I mean, everything's a little mini crisis. So it's not out of the norm of people's regular day-to-day personal life. You just have to be able to slow down, stay calm, and just strategically think of what needs to be done to get things back to normal. I love that. Hey, look, uh, I'll get you out of here on this. If someone wants to learn either more about you, Nicole, or about Up For You or Divine Direction, how can they connect with you? So they can email me at Divine Direction. And again, it's spelled D-E-V as in Victor, I-N-E direction dot up, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. And then they can also check out my website is divine-direction.com. Nice. And we can try to put the links in there too. This okay. has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you joined me today. Thank you so much again. This was, it was my honor. I want to thank Nicole Scott for being my guest today on the resilient journey. What an interesting person. And I was happy to meet her. I want to also thank the resilience think tank for sponsoring the podcast. Next week, I'm doing a very different kind of a podcast as I'm doing on-the-spot interviews live from BCI World in London. And then we'll compile those and play them back for you here in next week's episode. 
So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.